from speaking to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. I entitled our message tonight, we're back, right? We're back into our uh, book of Ephesians journey. We're studying it still. I know. We're taking our time, right? <laughs> and uh, tonight, I think uh, just for chapter 3, for full disclosure, we'll probably be in chapter 3 for at least three weeks. Okay? So just so you know, it's, I'm serious. Tonight we'll be studying verse 1. <laughs> chapter 3, verse 1. So, Paul uses the word desmios. It means in bond, a captive. The original meaning of prisoner. I entitled the, the message, The Free Prisoner. It's an oxymoron. How can a prisoner be free? If you're free, you're not a prisoner. But we will see why it's a free prisoner. Because, right, that's what Paul said. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. That's the first verse of Ephesians 3.1. So if you want to memorize one verse, you can say, I know one verse, Ephesians 3.1. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. There you go. You're welcome. It's not the shortest, but you have one already. Now, physically, when Paul wrote this book, along with the other epistles that we've been studying, he was in jail. He was house arrested. But despite his circumstance, he said, that he still did the work of the Lord. And he was more than happy to say that he is the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Don't you, won't you be bitter? That all these, work, all, these, all these years that you've been working for the Lord, and all of a sudden you're like in prison? Shouldn't you be bitter? I, pro I probably would be. You know, all this work that I've done for you, Lord, and now you put me to jail. I'm almost old and gray, and now I'm in, I'm in jail. But Paul... Paul, he says, said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. Now, what are the things? Most of the people tonight, I want us to tackle the things that stops people from coming to Christ and things that stop us Christians from being the free prisoner that we are from the Lord. Now, these are the three things that, three things that I think I want us to tackle tonight. Uh, the notion, when I feel like it. I'll believe in God when I feel like it for the unbeliever. I'll follow God when I feel like it. I'll obey God when I feel like it. How about the other one? I don't want to follow God because I don't like trouble. I don't like drama. I don't want to serve God because I don't like the trouble at church. I don't like the drama with the church people. How about the third one? I don't like Christianity because... I want to be in control. A lot of times you said God is in control. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that I'm the captain of my ship. I'm the guy who drives my life. It's my decision. It's my way or the highway. That's why I don't like Christianity. And how about for the Christians? Well, I, I know God saved me, but you know, I have a better plan than Him. So we'll tackle those three. In, 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 in retrospect, in, in comparing it to when, G, when Paul said, I am a prisoner... I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. All right, so think about that. Paul writing this and saying, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and these three questions. So the first question, when I feel like it. For the believers, the born-again Christians, the ones that call Jesus Lord, do we obey God? 
Do we obey God? Do we follow God even when we don't feel like it? For the unbeliever, you know what? They will never feel like it. And when they feel like it, it's like, a, it's like this high. Oh, I need this feeling. I need this spiritual thing. I need, there's a hole that's missing. It's like, it's like a drug feel that they want and they need. So that's when they're going to come to church so that they could feel that they got to the point of spirituality. Usually happens on Easter, Christmas, and their birthdays. That's when they feel the need for the Lord. Now, mind you, both are wrong. Both are wrong. Now, this is in Luke 22, 42 to 44. Father, if you are willing, we all know this, right? We just went through the, the week, Passion Week. Jesus Christ, in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying this. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, why did I use this in the when I feel like it? Guess what, believers? Jesus Christ, on the way to the cross, did not feel like it. Did not feel like it. So when you don't feel like praising him, think about when he didn't feel like going to the cross for you. The sweating of the blood is scientifically proven. It means a great amount of distress. Now, if any of us have sweated blood, now this is not when your wife hits you in the head, okay? This is you because of your stress. You're praying over and over again. In great distress, you start sweating blood. None of us, nobody has given me the prayer request like, Pastor, can you pray for me because I've been sweating blood? No, we haven't had that. So when you don't feel like obeying God, remember what Jesus did for you. He didn't feel like it. But because it was God's will, and was the only way that we can be with Him for eternity, even when Jesus did not feel like it, He went to the cross. He went to the cross. You know, the other thing is, this garden here, the, the second Adam, he passed his test. Jesus passed his test because he did not want to do it. He knew what he was going to go through, but what he did not want, he said, but yet not my will, but let your will be done. But the first Adam, remember the first Adam, his test in the garden, he failed. Adam failed his test in the garden. At that time, he felt like eating the apple, right? The forbidden fruit, he felt like eating it because he knew the one and only woman that he's ever met in his life is going to be casted away from, from forever. So it was either the woman or the Lord. So Adam felt like he chose the woman. So he bit the fruit. He failed the test. So feeling like it, feeling like it, is that really our, our, our motivator? I'll give to the Lord when I feel like it. I'll obey God when I feel like it. You know, here's another example. Remember in Genesis 6, 5, during Noah's time, people did anything that they wanted to do. 
read it. Anything that they wanted to do. Human nature, if you go by your feeling, you will never feel like doing God's will. Because we are inclined to wanting stuff that is against God's will. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Now the most current feel like it movement are those who feel like hitting Asian women. Right? Older Asian folks, they feel like it because maybe what, they're blaming them for COVID so they feel like hitting a woman. I don't understand that. I think that's the weakest, weakest way to go about it. Why not choose a big Asian dude? Right? You really feel like it. Why hit a woman? Right? Because they feel like hitting a woman. You know, I have a mom. I have a wife and a daughter. I have women here at church that I see as moms and sisters. It, it's very concerning for me. So do we go by when we feel like it? How about the feel like it about sexual revolution when they had it? Or oh, they feel like just having sex, so it causes STDs. They feel like they have to follow their heart because their high school sweetheart messaged them on Facebook Messenger. They're like, oh my gosh, the one that got away. And then they fall into adultery. So because they felt like it, because sparks was flying, butterflies in their stomach, break up marriages, break up, break up homes. It steals from the future husband and wife. Do you know that? If you have, for, for the young folks and for the young at hearts, when you have sex outside marriage, you are stealing from the future husbands and the future wives. You break up the hearts of children because you felt like it. Now, is, is God wrong to tell us that we have to follow him even we don't feel like it. How about the second one? I don't like trouble. I don't like drama. Now, frankly, who wants pain? No one in their right mind wants trouble, I think. No one in their right mind wants pain. No one really wants drama. Some people do, but not, ev not everybody. But we do somehow only want to get into Christianity if it can get, get us, get this. They will get into Christianity if it will get them the comforts of life. That's the only time they'll get into Christianity. If Christianity will make me comfortable, it will give me a better life, I'll get into Christianity. And some Christians say, you know, I'll get serious with the Lord if it makes my life better. But now you're talking about giving me giving my money, you know, take, giving, get, giving you my time. Helping other people at church. Now, I don't. It's too much drama. Now, what does Jesus have to say about that point? I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Now, do you have trouble with or without the Lord? The answer is yes. I mean, look at your co workers, look at your family who have not, don't have Jesus. Do they have trouble in life? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Some hide it better than the others, but they do. Christianity is, Jesus already told us, in this life we will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
That's what Jesus told us. Jesus did not promise us a bed of roses. But for some odd reason, some Christians, we think, we think, we act as if that our lives should be safe from this world. The first test happened last year. The greatest test, actually, not the first test, the greatest test happened to the Christian church. Don't go to church or else you'll get COVID. God forbid, Christians, that you will die and get sick and die. Well, now, Paul, the, 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 the driving force for me, for Paul, for, for staying and parking here in verse 1 is, is the fact that Paul went through so much trouble. Now, please turn your Bibles or your Bible apps to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 29. I'll give you a few seconds, and then I'll start reading. 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 23 to 29. I'm reading from the NIV version. Are they servants of Christ? This is Paul speaking. I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in pr prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches who is weak. And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn? Isn't that amazing? This, that's a list of Paul's trials and tribulations. But yet when he said, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ, he did not say that with a resentment like, oh my gosh, I'm a, you know, like a fatalist guy, like, oh, this is it for me. There's nothing any better than this. So I might as well be okay with it. Or the determinist, like, oh, you know, this was determined, and this is what's going to happen, so okay, I cannot do anything about it. Like a resignment. No. Paul said, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ because he embraced it. Because all that matters to Paul is that he is pleasing Jesus Christ. Most of us, we, want, we don't want to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. We want to be the celebrity of Jesus Christ. We want to be praised. We want our face here, our names there in the program. We want here. We want the praises of people. We want surprise parties for us. We want big parties, celebration under our name. We want everybody to know that we are the celebrities 
for Jesus Christ. Is that how we should live? Is that what we should strive for? I am the rich man for Jesus Christ. I am the most accomplished for Jesus Christ. I am the most smartest. <laughs> I am the smartest. I am the betterer <laughs> or the gooder. <laughs> it's a joke, okay? I know it's gooder. <laughs> now here's a here's an example. This is John Gibson Patton in 1824 and 1907, was a Scottish, Scottish missionary to the New Hebrides. Before sailing there with his newly wed wife in 1858, he was a city missionary in Glasgow for 10 years. He began work on Tana, an island inhabited by savage cannibals, later worked on the island of Aniwa. He gave the Aniwan people the first hymn book in their own language and translated in the New Testament in their language. Now, don't you think you think he celebrate they celebrated him and they like, oh my gosh, we love this guy. Here's a celebrity for Jesus Christ. No. Was it a trouble free life? No, he did not go through a trouble free life. He, he so John Patton married Mary Ann Robinson and born in 1840, just before sailing to the New Hebrides. He established a missionary station on the island of Tana, and a son named Peter Robert was born. But Mrs. Patton died on March 3, followed by their baby boy on March 20th. Returning to, for the, for, to Scotland for the first time in 1863, John Patton married a new, a new wife, Margaret Whitecross, at Edinburgh, and she was a woman of piety, piety and strong character who assisted her husband up to her death on May, on May 16, 1905. They had two daughters and eight sons. One daughter and two sons died in infancy. One son died at the age of two and a half. Two sons become, became missionaries in the New Hebrides and one daughter married a missionary there. Great life, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're looking at the lens of Jesus Christ, if you're looking with the lens of Paul, it's a good life. But if you're looking with what the world tells us, to live a comfortable life, be safe in your own cocoon. <laughs> Stay safe. Live your life. Enjoy your money. Enjoy your health. Don't serve God because there's drama there. Don't go to church. You might get COVID. Get it at work. At least at work you get paid. At church. Psh. Right? Because frankly, most of the people that stopped going to church did not stop going to work at all. Third point. I want to be in control. I want to be in control. Now, a prisoner is not in control. Right? A prisoner has a very small range of responsibility, and that is to obey what the prison guard tells them to do. Time for bed. Get in, your, get in your room. Yard time. Yard time is one wall to another. That's it. Keep walking. Three hours of sun, you go back to your, your cell. 
A prisoner is not a free person. But Paul, calling himself a prisoner of Christ, you know, he, he didn't say with disappointment, but Paul seeing past his circumstances because, he, you know, he is a prisoner of what? He's the prisoner of Nero. He's the prisoner of the Roman Empire. But he said, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he knows God is in full control of his life. It wasn't Nero that brought him in there. Sure, well, those guys picked him up. They probably beat him up first. But he knew Paul knew that that time is God's sovereign will for him. Now, believers, I'm speaking to the believers. Do you believe that, G that God is sovereign? I want to hear an amen, at least two people. Okay, that's more than two. Great. Because if he's not sovereign, you can throw away your Bibles. We can stop coming to church. Because it's all foolishness. If God is not in control, if he's not sovereign, then it's useless. It's useless. Our faith is useless. But he is in control. He is in control. We are in our own situations and circumstances as God has designed it. You are in your own trouble as your sin has brought you there. But God is still in control. God has allowed it many times for Paul to be in prison. We read, right? He's still on your Bibles, right? You can still see his list of troubles. But he said, for us to read up to 2021, that all those troubles that he faced, he did not take it against anybody else, but he said, and he didn't take it against God, but he knew that he is a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He's not the celebrity for Jesus Christ. So if you're a Christian and all you want in Christianity is the spotlight, go read your Bible again. Be inspired by Paul. Paul calls himself the prisoner of Jesus Christ, not the celebrity of Jesus Christ. Are you not getting enough recognition? So go talk to God. Because you're the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Are you in a bad situation? Just know that God knows it. And God is still in full control of your life. If you allow Him. If you love Him. Now here's the verses that you can go by. Romans 8.28. This is a New King James Version. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God those who are called according to his purpose. Now that's the problem, folks. Your situation is for God and he will work things out for you if you love him. It will work good for you if you love him. Now if you love money more than you and you're already in a bad situation investment-wise because you love money more. But if you love God and you're in trouble, God's revealing it to you. That you have to love me more and I'll bring you back. I'm in full control. I'm in full control of your life. Remember Joseph? This is Joseph speaking in Genesis 50, 20. Speaking to his brothers that sold him into slavery. Remember? And this is slavery from slavery to jail. Right? From slavery to being accused of falsely wanting to rape the wife. But he didn't. 
and then forgotten for two years after he helped somebody out, and then he went to become the prime minister of the most powerful country of the world at that time. And he tells, he recites the first Roman 8.28 recitation. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is to this day, to save many people alive. Why? Because of, because of Joseph, right? God gave him the vision to store seven years because there's going to be famine for seven years. And he was in full control and he saved them. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane did not feel like going to the cross. But he surrendered and gave his life to die the most horrific way to die up to now. My son told me he researched on worse ways to die. He said on the top five, he found that he was surprised to find crucifixion to still be number one. And that's a horrible list, he said. It's a horrible list, but crucifixion still is on number one. But Jesus, Jesus did it. Jesus did it, even if he didn't feel like it. Jesus did it. He came to this world even though it's full of drama, right? His, his friends betrayed him. His friends abandoned him. The people that he's trying to save spat on his face, slapped him, punched him, put him on the cross. But you know, just like Pontius Pilate, sometimes our trouble tells us this. The trouble that we're facing, sometimes it tells us this. Then Pilate said to him, said to Jesus, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Now, this whole time, before this time, the whole time Jesus did not say a word. Jesus did not say a word. But sometimes the circumstances, the challenges, the tribulations that we're facing, sometimes this is what he's saying. Don't you know that I am ruling your life? Do you not know that I have the power to release you? That's the enemy saying it too. Your God has no power. Look at you right now. This, all this Christianity talk, this, all this church that you're, going, that you're doing, and look at your life. And look at your friend who's, a, who's an atheist. Look what Christianity has done to you. Is that what you want? And then if a Christian like Paul and Jesus, right? Jesus said, you have no power unless it has been given to you. Paul saying, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He didn't say I'm a prisoner of Nero. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Folks, if you have been walking with the Lord, if you're a believer, you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, and you're going through trouble, you have to believe that He is sovereign. 
You have to believe that he is still in full control. You have to believe that he has the power to make it right. It might not feel like it. It might not seem like it. But we have to know that God is powerful, sovereign, and loves us. I remember when Gianna, Gianna got hit with the pull-up bar that was hanging in Alonzo's room when they were both little. Like five years ago, maybe six. Alonzo was never little anymore, but anyway. Her head started bleeding. And Alonzo was, she was screaming on top of her voice and, and she, her face was completely covered with blood. I've never seen it. That was the first time. Never seen it happen. Alonzo was panicking. He goes, call 911. Call 911. I took the girl, I took my baby girl, and, and Anna Lou was, was panicking too, and I was washing her face, and she was crying, and then she asked me, am I going to be okay, Daddy? Am I going to be okay? And mind you, I did not know if she was going to be okay. But at that time, I know that's what she needed to hear. And I said, yeah, you're going to be okay, sweetheart. You're going to be okay. You know what happened? She stopped crying. She stopped crying. Now, I don't have the power to really make it okay. I just said it so she'll calm down. Now, I don't have the power. When I tell my children that everything will be okay when we're facing uh, problems, I say, everything's going to be okay, guys, because I want to protect them. I want to put them in my, I want to wrap them around my arms and keep them safe. Some, I say that, us parents, we say that because we want to think that we, have, but our, li our powers, if we have any, are, it's limited to keep our family safe, to provide for our family, to, to back up the words that we say, I'll make sure we're going to be okay. It's so limited. But with God, he said, when he said that all things work for the good of those who love him, he has the power to do that. And he is faithful. He is faithful to do that promise. Sometimes our trials, our troubles, our pain in life that we're facing scream at us like, Pilate's voice, don't you know that I am in control of your life? And then the feeling kicks in, right? The feeling, the first category, I don't feel like following the Lord anymore. Because all these troubles coming my way, I don't feel like coming to church anymore. Everybody's just full of drama. I don't feel, like, I don't feel right about this Christian thing. It's not working out for me. I thought when I become a Christian, I will be blessed, protected, and happy, and celebrated. <laughs> Whenever I complain about my circumstances, how much, how much time do you have? Um, this past few months, I have been personally been really challenged with a lot of slander that's going around about me and my wife. It's been circulating. I feel betrayed. I feel disrespected. Sometimes you know, in front of my face, you know. Um, that, I think I can handle the face-to-face -face better than the backstabbing. But then God is good to remind me that he was betrayed with a kiss. that he was sold for 30 pieces of silver, that he was abandoned in his greatest time of need for friends, 
that he died in the crucifixion. So what am I crying about? <laughs> Folks, sometimes we feel too much of the pain that we can't see past through it. That we're forgetting. We forgot that God called us and we were walking on water with him already, you know? But then the wind and the waves was just bothering us and we start sinking because people were just too noisy, right? All this hate coming your way, all this drama coming your way, and you're just sinking and sinking and you say, Lord, save me. And just like with Peter, Jesus was never too late. God is always there to rescue us. God is always there to rescue us. Jesus followed God he followed the Father's will for him all the way to the cross. Jesus trusted his Father to the point of death in the most horrible way. Despite how he felt, despite the drama, despite the pain. Now Paul recognized that, that he is a prisoner of Jesus Christ. A prisoner for the cause of Christ. What cause? You read chapter 2 again, remember? Chapter 2 is where Paul, God revealed to us through Paul that Jews and Gentiles are now, be we become one family adopted in God's family through Jesus. And we are all saved by grace, not by works. Now it did not stop Paul to share the gospel in the midst of his imprisonment. That's why the title is The Free Prisoner. They captured Paul because he kept sharing the gospel. And then they told him, stop doing it. And they were intimidated and irritated with him. But guess what he did? In the prison, he kept sharing the good news. He kept sharing the good news. Um, in Philippians 1, 19, 25, it reads, I am, I am going to keep on being glad for I know that as you pray for me and as the Holy Spirit helps me, this is all going to turn out for my good. For I live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that will cause me to be ashamed of myself, but I will always be ready to speak out boldly for Christ. While I am going through all these trials here, just, so, just as I have in the past, and that I will always be an honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I must die. For to me, living means opportunities for Christ. And dying, well, that's better yet. But if living will give me more opportunities to win people to Christ, then I really don't know which is better, to live or die. Sometimes I want to live, and the other times I don't. For I long to go and be with Christ. How much happier for me than being here. But the fact is that I can be of more help to you by staying. Yes, I am still needed down here, and so I feel certain I will be staying on earth a little longer to help you grow and become happy in your faith. That guy's already in prison for sharing the gospel, planting churches, spreading Christianity. And he's there still doing the work, writing epistles, these epistles that we up to now up to now we're enjoying, up to now we're using, up to now God is using to save souls. Now for you, believer, that have accepted Jesus as your Lord, 
and you're not walking it with, with honor, honoring God, let me remind you, your salvation did not come cheap. Did not, it did not come cheap. It cost Jesus Christ his life to die in the most horrific way. It cost people like Paul to share the gospel. And the other missionaries that the, the sacrificed their lives, sacrificed having relationships, their children dying, their wives dying, them getting sick, it, it's not cheap. Now, if you want comfort, fine, sure. Stay comfortable. But this, this is the truth. I, I know I said this in the resurrection message. You do not become a Christian because it's comfortable. You do not become a Christian because you want to be rich. And we don't share Christianity that way, guys. Let's stop just using Jeremiah 29, 11 to share the gospel, okay? Because sometimes when they become a Christian, that's when trouble comes their way. Don't become a Christian because you want your life to be good. Become a Christian because Jesus Christ is real. Because he died on the cross for you and he resurrected on the third day. Become a Christian because Christianity is real. Share the gospel that way. Amen. Let's not avoid God's wrath, guys. I, 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 I hate it why I find myself reading people's posts and hearing other people's preachings. <laughs> when they say this, why do we make people feel bad? When we invite them to the cross. Well, golly. If you find an innocent man dying on the cross, I'm supposed to be feeling what? Happy? I'm supposed to feel bad about my sins. We want God to be all about love and forget about the wrath and the cross? God's wrath is, the, the, the cross is God's wrath. And Jesus took it for us. So when somebody says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and they're sharing the gospel, there's a lot that they're giving up there. There's a lot that they're giving up there. You know, Philippians 4.22 reads, All God's people here, this is Paul speaking when he wrote the Philippian church, he said, All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Now, the guards who were watching Paul chained him, maybe beat him, right, a couple times. Maybe treated him unfairly, spoke to him harshly. Paul, Paul shared the gospel to them, and they became Christians. <laughs> Imagine the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Always looking, one more for Jesus, one more soul for Jesus. He's like Jesus, Jesus on the cross, remember? Jesus on the cross, what did Jesus say in Luke 23, 34? Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus went to the cross for people who sinned against him. And then when he was suffering, he said, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Now, for the unbeliever, don't look, don't look to accept Christianity because the promises of money, wealth, and fame, and comfort. Because those are all false. Accept Christianity because Jesus died.
died on the cross for your sins because yes, you are a sinner and you need a savior. And Jesus offered that for you. Don't become a Christian because you want a wife or a husband or you want friends or you want success in life. Don't become a Christian. Don't accept Jesus for that. Accept Jesus because He is real, because you need Him. You need a Savior. Now for the believer, us, the people that are professing, Jesus is Lord. And we got the tattoo, right? John 3.16. Us. Christ followers, the sooner that we understand and realize that whatever happens to us and that wherever we are, the sooner that we understand that it is God's ordained moment, time, and place for us, the sooner we accept that, the sooner we can bring out good things from it, especially sharing the gospel. If we will have eyes to see and patience to wait, you will see God using your circumstances and your trials and tribulations for His good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your message for us tonight. We thank You for the, the example of Paul, Lord God, for revealing to us that He is your prisoner, prisoner, Lord God, that he lived his life with all those trials and tribulations and pain and suffering. But despite that, Father, he welcomed it because he saw you in the middle of it all. And he knew that it was your will for him and that you will carry him through. Father, I pray that we, we will be like that. That despite our trials, despite our troubles, despite the hate, despite all the challenges, Lord God, I pray, Father God, that you will remind us that you are sovereign, that you are powerful, and that you love us. All this we ask in your Son's mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all